1: And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright
0: and I'm Melissa Moretti
1: and Melissa, on the show today, we have Paul Sullivan of Ryan, which is a a tax consultant appraisal company. And today we're doing a deep dive into property taxes, how they're assessed, How is your property assessment so high, and what can you do about it?
0: Yeah. I really like how he breaks everything down. You know, we can all understand it. Nobody loves taxes. No, no. But Paul breaks it down really well. And
1: one thing I think that the listeners will find very interesting, I think naturally you would think the highest taxes or highest mill rate is how they measure taxes uh, would be in Vancouver. And he actually goes through and talks about some areas that maybe outside of Vancouver that might be very surprising. You'll be surprised. About those taxes. But before we get to that... Walking in today, I yep. ran into Matt downstairs. Yeah. And Matt is going on and on about multiple offers and multiple offers and multiple offers. Yeah. And things on your side of things. Weather's nice now. We're, yep. you know, it's Friday. The sun is out, 25 degrees finally. No inventory to pick from. Yep. And prices are benchmark prices are going up. Multiple offers, seem like they're coming out. Walk us through what is happening.
0: You know, I think you asked me maybe two months ago, what, what was the word of the week? And I think I said opportunity because things were a little bit slower. Prices were coming down. If you ask me today, I think the word I would say is urgency. People have a lot of urgency in terms of buying right now. There's more certainty in the market in terms of interest rates. And so people are saying, okay, now is the time. Prices have gone down. Things are getting busy. And we're seeing prices come back up, right? In a, in a lot of cases, it feels like 2021 and we're seeing multiple offers. You know, I was in a situation the other day where first showing there was three offers on the property within a couple of hours of of showing the property and it was gone subject free over asked.
1: Now, are these all within certain price bands or is this just a general market blanket because everyone's suffering from lack of inventory?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's more heavily in the... Lower price bands, you know, people getting into the market, yeah. maybe moving from a condo to a townhouse, even detached houses. You're seeing it. I mean, you hear a lot about stuff in, in the Fraser Valley that's going, I've heard the other day, 32 offers on on a home in in Langley. Wow.
1: wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. So so it's fair to say April stats and May stats will probably reflect a lot of this chaos right now that you guys are experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. So the market is back. Can we say that? The market's coming back.
0: I think so. Bounce back. It's I think here.
1: lack of inventory, which just drives up demand or demand yeah. doesn't even have yet to be at its peak with no inventory in this province. Record immigration numbers. Yeah. Interest rates stabilizing. Still high, but stabilizing. Mm-hmm. Anticipation of a slow, uh, you know, hopefully those will start to pull back maybe in 2024, maybe towards the end of this year. Fingers crossed. But I think, uh, as we said, lots and lots and lots over this program, supply and demand will probably outlive us on the residential side, which obviously commercial real estate lags at because... Demand comes in, developers come in, houses get built, people need jobs. That's where we show up. But I think uh, the market is back. I think it's going to be a very, very busy end of this year. Black Swan event, as long doesn't happen, I think 2024 will be a tremendous year in real estate. So you want to get in now. People who are buying now and people who have been buying over the past three or four months, I think you look, look at those people in 2024 and those could be the smartest people in the room because right now or previously you'd probably find things maybe a little bit. Cheaper than where they were, but demand hasn't gone anywhere. People can't qualify. As the qualifications start to ease with interest rates coming down, I think it's going to be lights out for the real estate market all over again because demand's just pent up. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's just pent up because people can't afford to buy anything because interest rates are so high and they couldn't qualify. Yep. Just speaking candidly. It's heating up. But in saying that, without further ado, let's get to our interview today with Paul Sullivan of Ryan ULC, talking all about property taxes, assessments, and appraisals.
0: All right. Let's go.
1: Enjoy. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. ca all right so we're here today with paul sullivan partner at ryan ulc paul how are you doing today
2: hey very good thank you
1: thanks so much paul for taking the time to join us can you maybe let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself and then also what you do over at ryan there
2: Yeah, sure. So um, our firm is a group of real estate appraisers. However, we have expertise in property tax. and, And property tax takes appraisal, tax legislation, and case law and determines how much people pay for property taxation. So it's a combination of value and tax policy that creates tax burdens. And so what we do is we audit people's assessed values and make recommendations on whether to appeal or not and if we file appeals we advocate on behalf of our clients at various levels to reduce tax burdens to what would be a fair and equitable level
1: so paul unpacking that a little bit for our listeners here so if i'm i'm a commercial landlord i own a building i get my tax assessment comes in these hopefully are triple net costs in my situation here i feel my taxes are too high i would contact someone like yourself to say, hey, I think my taxes are too high based on X. Can you please appeal this for me and put forward a motion to try to get my taxes reduced?
2: That's right. But of course, we are in ad valerum taxation, which means your taxes are based upon the value of your property. So you can't actually appeal your taxes. You appeal your value and try and reduce the value to lower the taxes. And then just to make things a little more complicated in British Columbia... We have nine different classes of properties, and each class has a different tax rate. And so we need to make sure you're in the correct class so that the value is applied to the correct tax rate. So it's a little bit complicated, but the value is what you, you appeal.
1: Can you maybe break that down for our listeners there? Because we have a lot of mom and pop people that listen. We have a lot of brokers, developers, landlords, all that stuff. Can you maybe break down the sort of the commercial, in quotations, the commercial tax classes a lot of these commercial buildings would fall under?
2: Yeah. So of the nine classes, class one is residential. Class two is utilities. And utilities are, are, you know, your, 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 your infrastructure that carries a very high tax rate. We have class three, four, and five, which are related to different types of industrial uses and have different tax rates. And then class six is your your catch-all. And it primarily your retail and your office throughout the the lower mainland. Seven is forest. Eight is an exempt class um, for healthcare. Uh, and class nine is for farm, and farm class is a very low tax rate and a very low legislated value. So your actual use of your property determines your class. Your value is predicated on market value as of July 1st each year. So whether you're a class six business tax rate or a class five industrial tax rate, has no impact on the value. The class is based on the use. The value is market value at July 1st.
1: So let's say I'm a a small business owner. I'm in a building that's located along the West Broadway corridor right now, which obviously is going to go through a dramatic amount of change. And right now, let's say it's a two-story building, office up, retail down. Because the market value of that property or properties around it would be highest and best use would most likely be a development. Is there a chance that that building owner would be paying taxes based on the highest and best use based on market value of that land, not the current use today?
2: Extremely common occurrence. About 40% of our commercial nodes have that type of assessment, whereby the underlying land value carries a greater value than the existing use. And I think everybody can understand that no property is worth less than vacant land value. And therefore, when we rezone and upzone and create density through, re- through, through zoning process, you create this future value, which is effectively the land value. And so our community retailers have been suffering from this for years, whereby they get a commercial tax rate predicated or placed against the future residential density above the store hasn't been built yet, but zoned and in place. So that's the, that's the difficulty we've been dealing with over the two decades now um, for small business in Vancouver and other regions.
1: Is there any opportunity for me to say that small business owner renting that space if my landlord's like, I don't care what my property taxes are? you're paying triple net costs, you pay them. Is there anything I can do as a tenant in potentially an appeal process or something to that advocate?
2: Well, I mean, you got two situations here. One is that landlord-tenant relationship slash negotiation around your lease. And that's something that you want to be savvy to. But more recently, and in fact this year, province introduced Bill 28, which is a pilot project that is to provide tax relief for occupied small business properties in this situation. And there's about 1,700 properties in the city of Vancouver which qualified this year out of the some 15,000 commercial properties. But it's it's a pilot. We're we're going to see how it works its way through the system. And if you're one of these qualifying properties, you get up to $5 million of that airspace free from municipal property tax. And municipal property tax is about half your property tax bill. But what this tool does is it allows municipalities to help taxpayers where they deem necessary.
1: From a city standpoint, maybe we'll just unpack that a little bit, maybe take one step back. When calculating these property taxes here, um, I know some some viewers have sent emails ahead of this show here with some questions, and their questions were surrounding: is does the province set these mill rates, or is it a city-driven budget that sets the mill rates for the the commercial type properties?
2: Right. Okay. So let's let's break down the tax bill into two pieces. Half the taxes go to the province general revenue. Never seen the province do anything about their tax burden on community retail so let's just park that because we're we're not seeing any progress there. The other half of your tax bill is your your municipal share. And your municipal council makes two decisions around tax levels for small business or for business. The first decision they make is what size or what is the increase in the municipal budget? Because that budget is shared amongst all taxpayers. So that's decision 1. Decision 2 a council makes is what percent of that total tax burden will be paid by residential properties versus commercial properties? And that decision gets negotiated amongst councillors, industry groups, and otherwise it's happening right now. And in 2006, the Vancouver Fair Tax Coalition formed, and we had a tax rate ratio of six to one. That means for every dollar Of taxes paid by a resident, a business would pay six. Through a re-allocation of that distribution, we are now down at about 3.7 to 1. We've come from 6 to 1 to 3.7 to 1. So that has come a long way, but business properties still pay for substantially more than the services they consume. They're paying about 45% of the total tax burden right now, but they only consume 23% of the services provided. And that's still an ongoing issue.
1: And is that an ongoing issue in every municipality? Like, obviously, we touched base on Vancouver there, but let's say like a market like Kelowna or Victoria, are these ongoing issues there as well?
2: Entirely across the whole province. And and what happened is back in 1984, The provincial government passed the power of tax distribution down to municipal councils. And as municipal councils had growing budgets, they made the political decision to load up the commercial class rather than the residential class to hide or bury the impact of their tax budgets. And so I joined a group called the uh, Business Tax Alliance and last year, and we have started to advocate for the return of the commercial vote in municipal elections because there's no accountability to the commercial taxpayers, so they get abused. It's easy to abuse someone on taxation if they have no vote, and there's no risk. So without accountability, we're going to continue to have this problem. And without charging residents, what it costs or what they consume, you're not going to get accountability either. So you can imagine if the residents had to pay for all the services they consume, their tax bills would double, and suddenly we would have heat on counselors to start focusing on core services rather than social programs that are the responsibility of other levels of government.
1: So if I'm hearing this correct, the the simple answer, the simple, easy answer for councils to shovel the tax burden onto commercial tenants, they won't complain versus residential homeowners.
2: There's no no venue to complain.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, that makes sense. Now, looking around the province as well, I mean, can you maybe sort of highlight maybe some of the areas that are maybe the most extremely taxed areas? Naturally, I think people would think Vancouver, major city with it. But I've heard things like, I don't have calculations to back this up, but I've heard things like Victoria it can be a higher tax rate of a city than, say, Vancouver would on the commercial standpoint for commercial tenants. Can you maybe sort of touch base on some of the areas that are maybe some of the more higher taxed areas on the commercial side?
2: Yeah, we, we, we do have that situation occurring throughout. And so there's two, two reasons why you see commercial properties being over, overtaxed. And one, one instance is where you're in a community where there's very few commercial properties. So municipalities are trying to spread the load over a few number of properties. It drives up the cost per property. So, you know, maybe a slightly retirement type community like Victoria or Kelowna is going to have that type of a consequence. And then the other consequence where we're seeing unfair taxation on commercial is where we have scarcity in land. And, And yes, that's primarily Vancouver, but we have that in Burnaby as well, where there's a huge push to get high-density redevelopment to occur, and it's thrusting up land values because we have very little land to develop because we have the mountains to the north, we have the oceans to the west and the border to the south, and then we have the ALR to the east. We are the most land-constrained region which plays havoc with taxes because it causes rapid changes in underlying land value. So you know where those pressures are coming, And you can be sure that they're driving up those land values under your community retail.
1: So at the the top of the episode here, we sort of talked about the the ability for people to go and, and argue the value of their property, essentially thus lowering their taxes that they pay. Can you maybe walk us through how that appeals process would work? And is there a benchmark or qualifications for a property that has to hit something in order to be considered by the appeals process?
2: So... We are a market value system, so your assessment will be published January 1st, and you have to January 31st to file an appeal. You have two things you must review. One is market value at July 1st, and two is equity. So market value is quite quite easy to understand. It's what are properties like mine selling at? And I need to adjust for size and quality and views and all those types of things. But if the sales comparables support a value less than what I've been assessed at, then I file an appeal by January 31st. Test number two, equity. Am I being assessed fairly relative to how competitive properties to mine are assessed? So if I am being assessed at $500 per square foot, and the people across the street are at $400, and there's no good explanation why, then I have an equity case, and I file an appeal on equity. And it doesn't matter if your market value is more, because assessed values are about tax distribution. And so you have the right to the lesser of market value or comparable assessments equity so those are the two tests you file your appeal by january 31st between february 1st and march 15th the review panel is open and you make a presentation to a review panel and plead your case as to why you're over assessed bc assessment will will turn up they'll bring evidence and they will defend the role unless you can prove they clearly made a mistake you might get a negotiated outcome. And that's a six-week window. You have February 1st to March 15th to go, go through that Level 1 appeal. On April 1st, decision notices are delivered from, the, from those hearings, and you have until April 30th to file an appeal to Level 2. And Level 2 is called the Property Assessment Appeal Board. So individuals can represent themselves in, in these types of disputes, or you hire a property tax agent. And so I act as a property tax agent, and we look after major properties. You know anything from you know large multi-million dollar houses, up to billion-dollar shopping centers, industrial parks, and office towers. So it becomes a very sophisticated valuation argument as properties get more complex. But individual homeowners certainly have the ability to run their own appeals.
1: So when I come to you, I have a portfolio of commercial buildings. I send them to you and I say, Paul, I you mean, know, I think I'm being taxed too much here. Do you guys do like a prelim kind of look at them, a quick market comparison kind of thing, and say, Hey, core of your seven properties, you might have a fighting chance to get one. This is why, and the other ones won't meet criteria. Or do you take the whole batch and and run with it and see what opportunities exist for me on a reduction standpoint?
2: Yeah, no, you're 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 dead on. Um, that's what we do. You do an audit report and you make recommendations on appeal or no appeal. If you appeal on a property and it's in the wrong class or it's undervalued, you run the risk, and it's a significant risk, that BC assessment will increase your value. So you must not blindly appeal. So that's where our role comes in. And then our second role is essentially taking the responsibility or liability for the decision. Because you can imagine if you didn't appeal that $300 million shopping center, and you get all your big tenants coming to you as the landlord and saying, hey, why are my property taxes up so much? Why didn't you file an appeal and look after my interests?" You need to have a professional opinion that defends you as to the decisions you've made around property taxation. Because as we noted at the beginning of the show, most common situation is a triple net lease, whereby the property taxes are paid by the tenant. So the landlord must exercise care and audit those assessments to make sure they're not your tenants are not paying too
1: much so I can imagine some of the these the very positive outcomes you've had for uh for landowners and building owners without maybe using addresses unless you're comfortable can you maybe tell us uh, you may, can you maybe share an experience where someone was taxed a and through a, through a successful appeal it was lowered to B and how much it was lowered to
2: yeah. Um, hmm. Off the top of my head, like we, 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 we have negotiated outcomes all the time. I think one of the most interesting scenarios will be when a property sells and it mixes together these concepts of market value and equity. So a property is assessed at, at $10 million the year prior, and then it sells for $15 million in the current year. c. assessment looks at that $15 million and go, ah, there's your new assessment, 15 million bucks. but what he has to do is has to raise everybody to 15 million dollars. That's a similar type property and not just the property that's sold. And so we've recently in, in several cases where the market is continuing to rise, uh, appealed properties which have sold and negotiated an outcome below you know three plus million below, what a property sold for, because it's equitable. And BC Assessment has two choices. They either move the values down on that one property or put everybody up. And putting everybody up is never very popular because it causes tax change. So that's something that is ongoing in this marketplace. A more interesting and very public challenge that we're in the middle of right now is the Musqueam case out at UBC, the Leland Development site. And this is where property taxes gets a little more complex. They introduced a new tax called the additional school tax. Well, everybody thought it was a mansion tax. And this tax was being applied to big homes through Shaughnessy in the west side of Vancouver. And what most people don't appreciate is they also applied it to development land. And taxes on development land are driving up the price of housing. 30% of the purchase price of a, of a new home right now is a result of taxes and government charges. And so we tackle those taxes on development land. In this Leland case out at UBC, we had it entirely removed. And that was at the uh, Property Assessment Appeal Board level. The assessor and the governor, or, or sorry, the attorney general, both appealed that decision and they got it overturned at the Supreme Court for a number of complicated reasons. And just last week, we filed an appeal to the Court of Appeal. We filed for leave. So we have very large public cases around all the new taxes that this NDP government have ruled out. There is no jurisprudence on it. There's very little one can look at to determine what is right or wrong. And so we're, we're dealing with a lot of cases of first impressions. And you can't just roll out billions of dollars in new taxes against real estate without being challenged. So we have a very busy time ahead of us with all the new taxes. And uh, yeah, development land and the impact on housing costs is one of the biggest issues right now.
1: Would there be a situation, and I'm guessing a province is probably going to freeze this, but would there be a situation, I'm a speculator, let's say, and I buy a piece of land in Surrey where I'm anticipating the, the LRT to come in. I'm buying. I'm assembling land for a higher density, hopefully, and then the LRT pivots ends up as SkyTrain. I buy. I'm buying the land based on a price per buildable as a development site. And let's say, for argument's sake, I just paid three million bucks a house, and I've got three houses for nine million. LRT doesn't show up. All of a sudden, now it's going over to the SkyTrain, and my nine million dollar investments were six. Mm-hmm. Is there a way or a successful way that I can argue that? If BC assessment comes along and says, hey, this guy bought these houses for $3 million a house, that's your new number, we're going to go with that. Can I argue that the market value based on a speculation model for development no longer exists because that transit line isn't coming through and have a successful appeal?
2: You know, you, you, the word you used was dead on. It's speculation. And speculation is not a tangible asset that one can assess. And there's a ton of case law around this. And the, the case law basically sets out that there needs to be greater than a 51% probability of achieving that use. So in your example, you have sales comparables in a use that was anticipated at the time. And probably in that year, you're stuck at $9 million. Soon as the land use policy changes... And proves that was pure speculation and wrongly founded, you're going back to six for sure. But you're gonna be in a one-year argument there where you're part of the marketplace and you believe that probability existed and you were just wrong. So we get in these situations all the time, and most often they're to do with land use policy. You know, an OCP comes out, say in the in North Vancouver, and it's you know, rezoned everything to six-story development from four. And the first three projects, and so BC assessment cranks up the value based upon the new probability of set out in the OCP. But then developer after developer goes in front of city council and they get shot down for political reasons, nimbyism. That's where the line in the sand has got very blurry on probability because there's so many opportunities for government and public to stymie projects that, and it's getting worse, not better. I mean, arguably some people say Vancouver is getting better, but we'll see. But it's that probability test that has to be met and speculation should not be assessed. So it's tricky.
1: So I guess as as maybe a final question here before we get to our our six-pack lighthearted questions here, is I buy a property and uh, I get a call from our friends at BC Assessment. Do I have to provide them with information <laughs> as a purchaser potentially, which obviously the call is probably stemming from a previous assessed value of 1.5 and I purchased the land at 4 million. There's obviously been hands raised. Why do you pay for? What's going on? Do I have to answer those questions? Is that going to kind of incriminate myself?
2: Well, you, you are compelled to answer or provide information under provincial legislation, but a good number of people do not provide that information and they just don't answer the call and defer. And what happens in that case is BC assessment just puts your assessment up and they'll put it up to the point where you're going to start cooperating because you don't like what you see. So they'll get you one way or the other, but one must be very careful about what they do say such they don't inadvertently affect their value unnecessarily. And I'll also add this. As a vendor, I wouldn't be talking to them at all because then you're starting to say things that impact another person's property assessment and their taxation, and that can get you into trouble. So BC Assessment likes to go to vendors and purchasers. I think it's risky that vendors start talking about other people's assessments.
1: Well, that, that's great insight, Paul, and we appreciate you taking the time to sort of educate us on the whole, the whole process that we go through and also the appeals process, which just seems like it's becoming more and more relevant as property values continue to go up, which drive taxes up, which end up most tenants are paying there. But before we let you go, Paul, we have a six-pack of lighthearted questions we ask all of our guests to get to know you a little bit better outside of the office. Do you have just a few more minutes for us?
2: You bet. Let's do it.
1: Favorite restaurant or bar?
2: Uh, we enjoy the Land and Sea restaurant at 57th and uh,
1: West Boulevard. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. You found yourself on death row. What is your last meal?
2: <laughs> oh, I think it's definitely going to be surf and turf. Oh, that's a good one.
0: That's a good one. And I'm
1: guessing from the same restaurant?
2: Probably. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Good answer.
1: Favorite band or musician?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm an old guy. So it's probably like uh, the Eagles or Fleetwood Mac or something like that. Nice.
1: Both good choices.
0: All right. On that note, you've had a few drinks. You're at the bar. Somebody hands you a karaoke mic. What are you singing?
2: <laughs> uh, let's go with the Eagles. So somewhere somewhere in, that, in that genre. Okay. That,
1: that's, that's a good one. A book recommendation that all of our listeners need to read.
2: Uh, books. I'm not, a, not much of a reader. So, uh, I think I'm going to have to call a friend on that one. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm more magazines and, and newspapers. I don't do books. Don't have time. I'm
1: afraid. No, that's fair. That's fair. And last question up something that you've purchased for $1,500 or less. That's had a positive impact on your life.
2: $1,500,
1: $1,500 or less.
2: Yeah, well, I recently bought a bike, um, which I, you know, I've got lots of bikes, but I've decided a new bike to get me remotivated and out, out uh, commuting to, to work. So, for sure, that's going to have a positive impact.
1: There you go. Greg, and Paul, once again, thank you for your time. Can you let all of our listeners how they can find out more about yourself, Ryan, and the services that you guys offer on the tax appeal process?
2: Yeah, sure. I can, I can be reached at uh, paul.sullivan at ryan.com. Oh, or just look up our website, ryan.com and uh, look forward to helping anybody out with their tax
1: problems. Well, thank you so much, much, Paul, once again, for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll hopefully have some listeners reach out to you. All right, guys. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it too. My Thanks, pleasure. Paul. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks. Our interview with Paul Sullivan of Ryan. I actually was very intrigued with how many points he made about different types of things. I didn't know, maybe I should have known, that in the city of Vancouver, the property tax ratio went fell from one, 6 to 1 to one to 3.7 to 1 on the commercial side. I still thought it was higher than that on how they sort of dibby up the property taxes for both commercial and residential, yeah. as well as easy escape route is just shovel the taxes on the commercial buildings they have nowhere to complain to.
0: Yeah, it's right. unfortunate.
1: So I, I found that very, very interesting.
0: Well, it's good that he's an advocate for commercial.
1: Well, I think the thing too is you look at it, let's just say like say like a West Fourth or even a West Broadway is probably a better example right now, where you've got so much development happening. If you are in a single story or a two story building on the corner. That probably has a lot higher and best use and land all around you is selling at record high prices for the area based on development potential. Mm -hmm. Those costs are going to get passed down to you as a tenant through your triple net costs. So I think, you know, what they're doing there is obviously, you know, advocating for those type of landowners that you mean those poor tenants there might be paying a ridiculous amount of property tax. I remember a story. It was years ago now up on, uh, oh, I want to say, where is it? Uh, up on Low Heat Highway, Burnaby area where the old Saputo plant used to be, which I think, and I, I should know my numbers here, uh, 219 million I think it sold for as a major development site, obviously, Skytrain around and all that stuff. And uh, when that transaction happened, a lot, that obviously shook up that whole area. And a lot of people were seeing on the tenant side of things, things that we were seeing on the leasing side. Is some of their additional rent costs spiked like forty and fifty percent, mainly driven by property taxes in that immediate area. And some of these small business tenants were like, "Hey, I can't afford to pay this because I'm—you mean I'm—I'm I'm running my business out of a warehouse. Maybe I'm a mill worker, whatever it is. I can't pass those costs on,
2: mm-hmm. and they
1: couldn't absorb it. So there really was sort of a, a transition there. But I remember reading that and watching it on the news years ago, and and that's a great example today of what he talks about how a transaction takes place. And that can become the new benchmark that blankets everything. The other thing I didn't know is I didn't know you were really supposed to return the BC assessment phone calls.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: not, not that I've had any that I haven't returned. Just Corey put, just
0: goes declined, I, yeah, declined yeah, straight yeah, no, to voicemail. I, no, not that
1: I didn't know you didn't have to return them. I just didn't know you were supposed to. Um, <laughs> so I always thought that if you, you're kind of incriminating something, or if your client bought a building and they had questions about it, you don't want to kind of throw them under the bus. Mm-hmm. But I guess how they kind of react that, they're just like, we're going to jack up your, your property taxes and values. Uh, until you call us back, which is a very logical thing to do. So, Mm. so in hindsight, the
0: things you don't think about, the
1: things I don't think about in hindsight, if I ever did get a call that I didn't call back, then now I will definitely call them back in the future.
0: Good. There you go. So lesson learned for Corey today. So
1: so anyone who wants to reach out to us on William Wright commercial, they can do that by reaching. How can we reach you, Corey? Let me tell you, you can send me an email, Corey at WilliamWright.ca. You can visit our website, WilliamWright.ca, sign up for the latest and greatest news Or you can reach us at our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. Let's know what you're looking for and we'll put you in touch with the best broker throughout the province. And Melissa, if I want to get into these multiple offer mess and pay 30% more in the house that sold down the street last week, how can I do that and reach out to you?
0: Well, you can do that or you can call if you want to sell because it's a good time to sell, Corey. So you can call me at 778-869-4477. Or you can email me at melissa at com for your residential needs.
1: And more great episodes lined up, guys. We'll, we'll look forward to having everyone back next week.
0: All right. Enjoy the sunshine.
1: Thank you. <laughs> you as well. Take care, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Subscribe today.